0: and gentlemen, what is Crackalack? And we are back here with the Salt Podcast. My name is Toby and I'm joined here with my co-host, Renee. Renee, how are you doing?
1: Hey, Toby. Glad to be here with you.
0: Hey. We are also joined by another guest who we've had here on the podcast before. He needs no introduction, <laughs> but he is our powerlifting pastor, Pastor Rome. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? Fantastic. <laughs> oh, it's so
1: good. good to be with
0: you guys. <laughs> So the topic that we're diving into today is masculinity um, and looking at what it really means to be a man of God, because Mm -hmm. we've definitely heard this word masculinity being thrown around through the media, and it's had some positive, some negative connotations. But what we really want to dive into is not so much that, but more what it means to be a man of God. Um, Mm -hmm. So Rome, walk Mm -hmm. us through your journey and what... um, Becoming a man of God, or maybe not even a man of God, like in your early life, what did it mean to be a man to you?
2: you know this is um, it, it's, a, it's a huge topic, and, and for me it's like uh, i, I got to be careful how I answer this because the, the, the truth is culture plays a big role in this as well in, mm-hmm. in what we're about to dive into. I grew up in a, a you know in, in a household where my father grew up in the islands. And he, he migrated to New Zealand in the late uh, 70s. And so there was a huge cultural difference there. And I was in a place where I was confused because my father was raising me one way and the world that I was stepping into in the West, in New Zealand was another. Mm. And so for me, I was like, um, I, I always saw my father as the measurement of what it meant to be a father, although There are some things that um, I was seeing and experiencing that caused division between my father and I because um, I was in a really bad place mentally. I was in a really bad place spiritually and emotionally, and I was unable to express that, right? And I was unable to express that because my father was always one to tell me, you know, you got to keep your feelings in check, Mm. so he used to you know the one thing he used to say to me was if I see tears flowing down your face you know that's it you know and so for me it was like be a man was to you know to use that term it's like you know you got to be stoic you know you got to you got to keep it suppressed you know and 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 you you got to have the mind power you have to be strong to suppress your feelings and the world that you know I was coming into you know um there was an element of that which caused a lot of guys not to share their you know some of the struggles that they were going on that was mm-hmm. going on in their life but then there was also this element of like it's okay to be who you are you know it's okay to just it's okay to just to not be okay sort of speech. It was like, just, just, just be real sort of speech. And so there was already like a a controversy between that within, you know, from the late eighties going into the nineties, whereas in right now, I think with people bringing, you know, um, the awareness to the forefront of like, you know, in our culture today, by being vocal, you know, saying, Hey, it's okay to step out and say that you're, 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 you're not okay at the stage that there are things that you're going through in life that you want to talk about. And men, we need, we need to be able to talk about it. You know, when, when that started coming up, I was like in a place where I was like, am I okay with that or not? Because, you know, I grew up saying that, you know, don't reveal weakness, don't show your weakness. (laughs) And, um, you know, my father comes from that sort of warrior culture and, you know, you got the Spartans who wore red, and they wore red because on the field of battle, they never wanted to show the enemy that they were bleeding, right? And um, that sort of mentality, you know, served the purpose during during the, you know, uh, in the battlefield, which, you know, like today, there's a different type of battlefield, right? And it, it's, it has proven to become um, more dangerous now to try and conceal it if we look at the stats of like suicide rates, for example. Yeah, absolutely. Most of the men, Right? You know, the stats reveal that, you know, more women contemplate suicide, but, yeah. you know, uh, more men are actually committing suicide. Mm. And, you know, I, I also remember my, you know, my, my dad used to say, hey, don't talk too much. You know, you and your friends stop talking too much. You sound like women. Oh, Oof. You know, you sound yeah. like women, but, you know, one of the reasons I think that, you know, men are, are on the rise with suicide is because we haven't been able, like women, to discuss, you know, yeah. <laughs> to talk <Yeah>. about <laughs> things, you know, and it's, you know, to be able to, you know, to talk to people and, and say, hey, man, I'm really struggling with this, which was seen to me growing up, and, and I'm just trying to go back to what, to answering the, the, the question of like, you know, I grew up saying that, you know, for men, don't talk about your feelings, um, be strong, and and being strong means hold your feelings in check. Don't show people that you're bleeding. Show a you know a face that that you you you're handling the pain. You're handling you know the suffering and and all this and and um yeah. So that's that that was the idea of what it meant to be a man for me growing up.
1: Mm. How did you change? How did you move towards like seeing that you know what men can talk about their feelings with each other? That's normal. That's a good and healthy thing.
2: To me, that began with the Bible. As crazy wow. as that may sound, wow. it, began, it began with the Bible. Because um, the, the, the Bible, and, and the first, it's interesting, because the first story that, I, that, I, that, that ever broke me um, to a point where, you know, whenever something bad happens, I hold it in. Funerals, I hold it in. Um, for so many times, I hold in my feelings. I read John chapter eight in 2007. And when I read mm-hmm. John chapter eight, and it was a woman that was caught in adultery. And um, the moment that Jesus said those words, neither do I condemn you, Mm. go and sin no more. The moment he said those words, I broke down because I grew up in a house where I was always trying to please my dad. Wow. I was always trying to please him. And, and, And almost everything I did wasn't pleasing him. I always felt like I was a failure. I always felt like, you know, uh, I could do nothing to, to make my dad proud of me. And then I'm here, I'm reading a story about, you know, Jesus, and he is the father, right? You know, he, he is the manifestation of the father. He is what love is. And he turned to this woman who was broken and he said to her, I, I don't condemn you. The moment I read those words, I don't condemn you either, my creator does not condemn me for my weaknesses, for my struggles, for my shortcomings, for my flaws, for my, you know, um, my addictions. You know, when, when when he says, I don't condemn you for that, I broke, man. The Bible was like, was almost ruined because my tears had, um, you know, soaked the pages of the Bible wow. and I put the Bible away and, and. um you know what? I went back to the Bible, started reading, and I was crying like a baby every time I read the Bible. And I was thinking to myself, what is happening to me? And I realized all those feelings that I was keeping in check for all those years... Was now giving way. The Bible was like opening up the floodgates, man. And Whoa. I was, I was, you know, attaching things that I was growing up with, and and it just was bursting out of me. And now to a point where it was like, I, I thought, man, am I becoming weak? I even said that to myself. I walked outside, <laughs> you know, two thousand and seven, reading the Bible. I walked outside, sparked up a cigarette, and I was, I was smoking that cigarette. I was like, what am I doing? This is crazy. I mean, I'm, like I'm, I'm like, like, I'm being a girl here, you know, standing outside smoking. I said, man, that, 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 that cannot happen. But when I went to bed, I had the best sleep. Mm. Oh my word. I felt so yeah. good going to sleep. I was like, Amen. I felt like something came off of my chest. Yeah. And whether my father was going, to, you know, was, was going to reconcile with me or not, whether he was going to, you know, forgive me or not, it didn't matter. Mm. I'd forgiven myself. Mm. You know, yep. and, and 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 all, all these feelings that, that that were happening inside of me, I couldn't ignore the feelings that were there. It was it was being human now, and I was mm. okay with being human. I didn't really care about what anybody else, you know, thought during that time. I just let myself go. And it came to a point where my wife and I we were watching a movie. And um the movie wasn't even that uh like um even, it wasn't even that dramatic, but I felt myself,
1: you know, <laughs> emotional. <as soon laughs> you cried didn't you you (laughs) cried you cried those man tears that's okay
2: i i was like what is happening to me and and it was a realization you know it was really me having to reflect on what it means to be a man now Mm. you know because for me you know I, i was like i had a certain standard for what a man was and if we look across the world, um, every culture has their own standard of what a man is. Mm-hmm. In fact, there was a point in which Western culture was seen as the superior culture. And so everything that was Western was considered the right way. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And so um, for me, you look into the West and you realize that the pillars of Western society has been founded on the Judo-Christian you know, worldview. And so with the Judo christian worldview, we, we look into, the, you know, what is it, you know, what is it about the Judo christian worldview that uh, enabled us to, like, see that um, freedom of speech is good, freedom of religion is good, being able to, like, um, you know, value each other. You know, human beings have value. You can't just kill somebody, you know, and then you realize that these standards were put there by the Bible. The Judo christian worldview, those standards were established by the Bible. You go back to the Bible, then you read and you realize the Bible has a standard, Hmm. And that standard was found in the person of Jesus Christ. And I did a sermon just recently about the relationship that Jesus had with his mother. Hmm. And we only have three places in the Bible where it talks about Jesus and his mother. But like in those three passages... It was like, you know, the first part was when, you know, his mother asked him to to transform the wine, you know, into the water into wine, sorry. And Jesus says, it's not my time yet. In other words, this has nothing to do with my father's business, but hey, my mother just asked me to do something, so I'm going to do it. This is not my father's business, but it's my mom who just said something. I better do it. I better do what my mom says right now. You know, it was to the point where his a man does t- what his mom says. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> the, the, my mother, who's a female, can have the final say, too. You know, <laughs> she. She kind of turns around and says to the servants, not waiting for Jesus's answer to her request. He, she turns around and says, hey, just do whatever he says, because, you know, he's going to do it. Right. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, I want to jump to the last part is like he's on the cross. He's about to give his life for the greatest event of reconciling. You know, heaven and earth is the biggest event in human history. And he, put, he puts it on pause in John chapter 19 because he's got to take care of his mother first. You know mm-hmm. he's got he's got to take care of his, his mother first, and he says, "John, behold thy mother. Mother, behold thy son." And mm-hmm. so, to, to to me, what it means to be a mother—I mean, what it means to be a father, what it means to be a man—is to like, you ha- ha- take responsibility, right? You know, be be responsible, and that means, you know, you, you you're you, you know you're taking care of those who are around you taking care of um, your, your your wife, your spouse, your sisters, your brothers, your sisters, and, and just being responsible for everything. That doesn't mean you take the blame for everything, but it just means that you're, you're okay with responsibility. You can bear that on your shoulders. And when you when you, when you take responsibility, that doesn't mean you have all the answers, but mm-hmm. you're taking responsibility in the sense that, hey, guys, I, I, I really need your help right now. Because yeah. right now, I'm in a place where, um, you know, this is happening to me. This is happening in, in, in the space where I'm growing up, and I really want to take responsibility. And I really want to... Uh, I really want to be the first one to say that I don't have it all together, but you know, what, what can, what can we do? What can I do? And just taking responsibility of, you know, the space and the, the things that, that, that are going on in your life. And so, yeah.
1: Mm. You wow, mentioned that's incredible. The, the, yeah, you mentioned the qualities of like of being responsible um, mm-hmm. as a man. What, what like other qualities or characteristics um, do you see that make a good man and maybe in relation to the Bible?
2: Well, you know, I, I look at to to what Jesus, who Jesus was, right, and and I think for for me, Jesus is you know he he's the standard by which every you know every single one of us and especially men should model themselves after. Um, it, it's it's the point where you know Friedrich Nietzsche once said that you know without Jesus we're going to have to come up with another Superman called the Ubermensch, <laughs> and so it's like Jesus is like the you know the standard, and some of the things I find from Jesus is number one, he's he has strength. He has courage. He's independent as well. And um, he, he has leadership skills. And, you know, and and, he, and, and with all of that, you know, we, we, you know we, we look into the word of God to see what those terms mean. You know, mm-hmm. what, what is it? Can you define what strength looks like? And when you look at Jesus, he's not the sort of person that you would put in one of your Marvel characters now, you know, because he came as somebody that was lowly. He -hmm. came as somebody that didn't have, you know, at least from my readings, any, you know, any powerlifting background or anything (laughs) like that. Like, you know, when we think of strength, we think of someone that can pick up a car. Yeah. Because for Jesus... You know, strength meant that he can actually take time to walk away from the crowd. When the crowd came to lift him up and make him king, Mm. he walked away and disciplined himself and said, you know what, I'm going to walk away because someone in my life just passed away. Mm. You know, someone that was close to me, John the Baptist passed away. And the Bible says that he needed some time to be on his own, Mm. to reflect. And I think having the strength to like say to people, you know what, Right now, I need to pull away. I just, I just need to be on my own. There's different, you know, aspects of strength, and I think it's more important than picking up a car, is you know being able to like, you, you know, to 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 recognize you do have feelings.
1: Mm. And that
2: you do need to process those feelings, mm. having the strength to be able to communicate those feelings as well, to to find someone that you can talk to about some of the struggles that you that you go through, the strength to be able to take the mess that you're in and use it in a way that you can, you know, build, you know, to build up and 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 again, you know, um, you know, we we find ourselves in chaos, and when we're in chaos. we we can actually make sense of what we're going through in life by first having the courage to confront the chaos, you know, Mm -hmm. having the strength to say, right, I'm in this mess. I'm not going to run away from it. I'm going to plant my feet down knowing that God is with me. The people that I love are there. I'm going to take responsibility of this and I'm going to have the strength to be able to articulate right now what I'm going through so that I can get the help that I, that I need to, to get through life. One thing that we need to know, and you know, as you know, living in this world is that life is hard. Yeah, by default, it's it's hard. You know, everything in in life goes downhill. Everything in life is subject to the second law of thermodynamics. Everything is subject to entropy. Everything goes downhill. And so, for us to actually um, to maintain and develop, we have to confront our our reality. Mm. And to take a small example. You know, you you go to the gym today, you train and to maintain what you've worked hard for today, you've got to work hard again tomorrow. And -hmm. then you've got to work out the following day because without doing anything at all, you go downhill, you know, just without doing anything. Yeah. At all. And that's what life does. Life, you know, goes downhill by default. So life is like climbing a mountain, right? And we don't, we, we, we don't want to give up and, and die on the side of that mountain. We want to keep climbing, keep moving, you know, not because of the rewards. And I want to say this because so many of us, you know, we're Christians because we want that crown. And, and although yeah. that's coming as a result, you know, we know that there's a reward to come. Don't climb that mountain for the rewards. Climb it because it matters, Mm -hmm. because it matters to you. It matters to me. You know, don't just keep, you know, the the commandments because you want to be a good Christian. Keep it because it matters to you to love God and to love your neighbor. You know, when you, when you want to, when you want to keep the health message that I hear all the time, I'm doing it because spirit of prophecy said so. I'm doing it because the Bible (laughs) says so. Those are good intentions, but but David says, you've got to make it a hard thing. I've Mm -hmm. kept, you know, I've kept your laws in my heart. I've made it a part of who I am and And the only way that we could do something like that is that we are real about who we are right now, have the strength to say, you know what, this is me right now. And that's Jesus, you know, with strength and with the courage and with independence and leadership. You know, I just want to say, you know, Jesus wasn't was never dictated by the crowd you know he never allowed the because you know what man there's so many times if I was Jesus there's so many, you know the, the gospel would have ended at chapter two you know <laughs> <laughs> because, <laughs> like,
1: and Rome so got sick people. of it and left
2: <laughs> <laughs> and Rome went on to become king yeah started an empire you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it would have ended here, you know what I mean? Because Jesus had the, you know, he was independent knowing that, you know what, um, I'm not going to be dictated by anybody else. I know who I am in God. Yeah, I know the call that God has you know, has, has placed upon my heart. And so for me as a man right now,
1: hmm.
2: as a man right now, I'm going to, you know, look into the word of God. I'm not going to be shaped by, you know, my, 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 my culture. And sometimes the culture can be good and sometimes the culture can be bad. And we've seen both in history. You know, we've seen the pendulum have swung from one end to uh, into, uh, into mm-hmm. the other. We see what they call, you know, with toxic masculinity, you know, as, as, you know, right up there with conversations that are happening on a secular platform with feminism, Black yeah. Lives Matter. Yeah. I think all of this is, a, is really a sign of the times. People want to be heard. Mm. People. Mm-hmm. Want to, And for me, you know, from, from a pastor, you know, we should not be afraid to confront them based on the fact that we might not have the answers or we might think we have the answers that they're not, not going to accept sort of thing. But that for me, it's not about the answers. It's about having the courage and the strength to have the conversation. Mm-hmm. Let's just talk about it, as controversial as it may be. Let's 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 have the conversation. Let's let's talk. And 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 you know, a lot of us are trying to be politically correct by saying, you know what, I I you know I, I should I should say this, I shouldn't say that because you know um, this could happen. The consequences of. I'm telling you that the moment you even speak it, you know, um, it, it's already controversial, you know? Yeah. Um, but mm-hmm. if you, if you continuously speak life, mm-hmm. you know, with these topics, like when somebody brought up the issue of feminism to me, like, to me, I'm like, I'm like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm feminist through and through. And it's in the, in the, in the, in, the, in, the, in the, you know, in the, in a sense, that I believe in women equality, you know, I believe in women's rights to work and to vote. But the whole idea of fem- you know the, the the this other wing of feminism which is like um, making women men are feel better
1: ast- than
0: yeah, been, yeah. Yeah, better yes. than men. That, yeah. Yeah. That, that is that,
2: yeah, that's, not that that's, that's not equality. That's is, not equality. Yeah, is right. and the same as masculinity. You know, yeah. Um, the moment that we use our strength and power to to overpower women, or to mm. overpower anybody, or to create a culture, where it says that only men right? You know, um, and, and, and to try and look into the Bible that way as well, saying, you know, this is about men, you know, and and it doesn't really talk about women. Women are secondary to to, that I'm against, Mm -hmm. you know, And, and I don't believe that that's what the Bible talks about anyways. And so, um, I believe in the the way that Jesus treated the women around him. I believe in the way that he affirmed them. And I also believed in how his strength and courage came out of a strong relationship that he had with God. Mm. And so for me, you know, there's no way in the world I'm going to believe that when God created both Adam and Eve and gave them his image, that somehow, you know, it was only man, you know, that was given Mm. that right. And women are supposed to just like, you know, i remember I, I don't know where i heard it but somebody was saying you know once we get to heaven you know uh, men will be angels and women will finally be men you know like no no sorry. no no,
1: no. What what the heck? Heck?
2: <laughs> oh, oh i can't wait to, to, to go
1: to heaven like then <laughs> i'm joking i'm joking sorry oh,
2: <laughs> um so, so yeah, I mean, like in First Corinthians chapter, uh, First Corinthians chapter sixteen, verse thirteen, it says, "Watch stand, watch stand fast in the faith, and be brave and be strong." Mm. When it says be brave and be strong, somehow we have allowed culture and allowed certain people to define for us Mm. what it means to be brave and what it means to be strong. And when you look into the scriptures and you see the way that God's people, you know, led out in their lives, uh, you realize that strength and and bravery has absolutely nothing to do with being dominant,
1: Mm. you
2: know, and and being, you know, uh, overpowering towards others that are around you, but it had everything to do with having the strength and having uh, you know the boldness to confront the chaos, to speak into you know a certain space where you see injustice occurring. You know to 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 actually be brave to to clean up your room using Peterson's <laughs> language. Right? You yeah. know, be brave to organizing things in your family and mm-hmm. and um, you know allowing God to be the influence in your life if God is. love if you truly believe that god is love and then you read the bible from that
0: premise Mm. i believe you won't you won't go wrong you know so yeah absolutely Mm. that's so awesome it's been really Awesome to hear your um perspective on what it means to be a man and, and just your journey in becoming a man yourself. Um you talked about your your earthly father and you talked about your your heavenly father and how the perspective of being a man has come from both of those. Yeah. Um but Rome, now now you're an earthly father. Mm-hmm. Um so mm-hmm. tell us about how how you teach your sons about being a man. What does what does being a man look like to them? Or what image of being a man yep. are you trying to pass on to them? Yeah.
2: Yeah, look, um, and I'm, I'm going to bring my father into this as well because when I was making the, the certain changes in my life because of, you know, what I read in the Word of God, my father came and both of us had this conversation and this conversation was birthed from both our convictions of the Word of God. I was 27 when I had that conversation with my dad and I realized that's actually the first time, in, you know, since I was born, that my father and I have ever had a meaningful conversation between father and son. Oh. And for my father, he was like so, um, you know, he was in tears over it because he realized that um, he wished that he he did have this conversation with me earlier on. It could have saved me from a lot of things that I went through had we been able to have the conversation. Mm-hmm. So to answer the question, you know, for me, where I am with my son right now, being the father, being the earthly father right now, is that I, I'm always open to have a conversation with my son, no matter how difficult the conversation is. No matter how controversial the topic is, I always make myself available to, available to my son. Now, two o'clock in the morning, I was preaching in Townsville and um, and my son messaged me at two o'clock in the morning and said that he was struggling with something, you know, and for me, as tired as I was, you know, I was like, you know. I, I found the strength within myself. I said, you know, God, give me the strength right now because I, it's important for me to have this conversation with my son because he's in a really bad place right now mentally. And mm-hmm. and for me, the following day didn't matter. The following week didn't matter. What I had on my to-do list, you know, in terms of evangelism, you know, all of that didn't matter anymore. Mm-hmm. The only thing that mattered to me right now was this moment that I'm having with my son right now. I'm going to have this moment with him. I'm going to have this talk with him. And we have this all the time, you know, where, where, where I, you know, try not to make time, but you know, it's like that. that time is always available
1: mm-hmm. for oh, him,
2: yeah. And that that you know, I have to, and, and that t- you know, because you know, he had a bad experience about three, four years ago where he lost a very close friend of his to suicide, oh. and we had to, you know, we had to process that, and um, we had to talk about it. And so for me, I I don't want to even blink you know, and, and, you know, in a moment where my, where my son needs me. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I like, no matter how strong I am and no matter, you know, physically, all that means nothing to me. If I don't have the strength to be able to have those necessary and meaningful conversations with my son, even if it, to me, it's, it's something that's insignificant to me, but if it's significant to my son, it's significant to me. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah. And so, and and the other thing with, with me and my son is that, um, and, and, and this is with my oldest son and, my, and to my youngest I have three sons and all three of them, every time we talk, it's real. It's, it's like conversations for us is like, you know, it's family time, we're gonna talk, we're gonna talk, whatever it is. And some of the things that they talk to me about, especially when, when I'm, I'm on the phone with them, I have to sometimes press mute, put my face in the pillow. <laughs> <laughs> And then, and then you, know, I, you know, afterward, I come back on the phone, hello, and he goes, You're right, Dad. Yeah, yeah, keep going, keep going. That's so you know, real. <laughs> you know, but, uh, you know, it's just having the, having the conversation. And I've always said this conversations are worth a thousand sermons.
1: Yeah.
2: Oh, yo. Conversations are worth a thousand sermons. And secondly, you know, the thing that the, the, the other thing that I do is like, I model, you know, I model it for my, for, for my sons. And that doesn't always mean I'm perfect in doing it. Mm. So for me whenever I'm pointing my sons you know to to um you know to righteousness and to the gospel and to I always point them to Christ. I always point them to Christ. I always try and model for them, you know, uh, at the moment I'm talking with my daughter about, you know, the scriptures and I'm talking to them about the person of Jesus Christ because I'm going to fail sometimes.
1: Yeah.
2: And what it means to be a man and I don't want them to like take my failures and and, and make it their norm. Mm, and and, yeah. and 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 in order for that to happen, I have to be upfront about that failure. I have to be open to talk to talk about that was that was wrong, you know. That wasn't that that wasn't right, you know. And we have you know, times in which, you know, um, when, when I when I preach or something, when, when I, I'm always preaching about something, you know, you'll never find a sermon where I'm preaching about something that, um, you know, something that I've I've uh, conquered. Do you know what I mean? I'm always talking about things I'm battling and wrestling with. So my pulpit is always a pulpit of, you know, empathy, right? It's, it's a pulpit of like um, vulnerability and um, connecting with the people that I know are doing real life as much as I am. And I'm not going to be the perfect father. I'm going to make mistakes, but I am going to strive to be the best father. I am going to strive to do that. And by doing so, I have to make sure that I'm grounded in the Word of God, so that I, I you know, that my understanding of what it means to be a man comes from the person of Jesus. Mm. Then I point my 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 sons to the person of Jesus. This is what Jesus would do. Oh, but Dad, you didn't do that. And I, I know that was foolish of me. I was, you know, and having those, yeah. and then, you know, and my kids do that all the time. <laughs> I would never have said to my dad back then. That's not what you know. That's not what I'm
1: about, but
2: you know the fact that my kids can pull me up on it. it mm. For me, it, it's it's you know it's, m- my culture would say, "Hey, that's rude of your kids to do that." But for me, mm. I don't think that's rude at all. I yeah. think we've created a space where we can actually speak. Mm. Wow! But to me, it's it's such a powerful mechanism to be able to speak, speak your heart, speak your thoughts, but also have the equal amount of humility mm. to be able to be like, um, to be corrected. Mm. And also when you are right, both when you are corrected and when you are right, you need a lot of humility in yeah. that space. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, um, right now I'm still on the journey of being that father, being that man with my sons. And and God is still on the journey of making me that man that he wants me to be. And so if I want to preach about what it means to be a man, if I want to talk about what it means to be a man, I have have to have the axiology to come with it. I have to be able to, you know, to live it, to show it, to, you know, Mm -hmm. in my actions, because at the end of the day, all of the things that I believe, um, is nullified by the fact that you can't live it, and if yeah. you can't live it, it's not your truth. No matter how hard you try and preach that truth, it's not your truth. If you haven't at least tried, you know, to to, to aim for it, doesn't mean you have to be there, but you yeah. strive for it and, yeah. and be honest. Oh. Be honest about striving for it. It's like, mm. you know, what? I, ideally, this is what God would, you know, want us to do. I'm saying ideally because I'm not there yet, but I'm, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And I usually say that when it says, you know, love your enemies. You see, God ideally wants. Us to love our enemies. I'm not there yet, but I'm trying. I'm, I'm You're working, striving, you know, striving y'all. to you know, yeah, striving to do it. And so, yeah. you know, for me right now, where, where I'm at right now, um, I'm really happy with um, the mm-hmm. fact that um, you know I, we, I've been able to take on board the things that were important in my upbringing,
1: mm-hmm. and also
2: the strength to let go yeah. of some of the things that I know didn't work. Yeah. And not just to try and keep something going for the sake of keeping something going. going. yeah. But um, learning to like say, you know what? Um, I will be criticized by my family, by my culture, by letting go of some of these things. Mm. But for the sake of my children and surviving the world that they live in today, yeah. I have to be, you know, I, I, I have to evaluate and assess some things. And so I'm pouring into my son some things that I grew up with and then some things that I did not grow up with.
1: Hmm. Hang around, that's, that requires like... A, yeah, that's a lot of change for people to, to take in, to to let right. go of of what what oh, yeah. they knew, and to yep, yep. pick up new things. I'm um, in to improve. Um, in closing, our final question is: as a community, how can we? How can the listeners learn to build up our men to support our men in our in mm. our community?
2: I think for, you know, and 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 I mentioned it early on. The first thing is that we need to be open to have the conversation. Mm. And uh, a lot of the times, you know, a lot of people come to these conversations with their cups full. Mm-hmm. They, they come to the conversations already knowing answers. Yeah. And, you know, when, whenever, whatever conversation you're about to have, you, 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 anyone that's in a relationship right now, whenever you have conversations with your mind already made up, you, you ask that person in the relationship how far that conversation went.
1: Mm-hmm. You
2: know, <laughs> it's like you, you've really got to be able to like, um, you know, empty yourself for the sake of being able to listen first and foremost, you know, let's listen to the heartbeat of our community, our men, let's, let's and, and that also needs an equal amount of courage from our men to be able to have the conversation. And that's a, that's a jigsaw puzzle that we're still trying to solve, you know, even now. You know, psychologists have continuously said that, you know, men find it, you know, difficult to, to talk. And, and I think, you know, we may have added to that, by you know, from, from you know, the, the way we've defined certain words in our culture. But I think the more we are silent about it, the more we are, uh, you know, involved in keeping these ideas of what it means to be a man alive in our society. We need to start talking. And even if, you know, and in, in, in even if the majority is not with you Jesus never had the majority with him. but the reason that they became, the, the the West became, you know, susceptible to what he was, um, to what he was preaching was that it was continuous. It was his followers continued to talk about it, even like kill these guys so they don't talk about it anymore. You know, even killing them, the more they killed them, the more they were talking about it. Talk, mm. talk, let's, let's talk. And I think that principle goes back to Genesis when God said to Adam, you know, um, where are you? And Adam Hood. God knew exactly where Adam was. He could have just turned up and says, There you are. But that's not what he did, you know. He 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 was actually the, the way that God asked that question, where are you, Adam? Is more of a of a Adam, like I'm 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 here to have the conversation. Can we talk? You know, can, can we talk about this? In the same way he did with Cain when, when Cain killed his brother. He's saying, you know, where's your brother? As if God did not know where his brother
1: was. (laughs) You know,
2: he was willing to have the conversation. And I love this about God, is that he is willing to have the conversation. And, you know, when he had the conversation with Job and Job's suffering, he was able. Mm-hmm. He didn't come with all the answers. He too came with his own set of questions, you know. Yeah. Questions, you know. And then God had questions. And then at the end, as Kierkegaard would say, you know, where are the answers to these questions? You know, if only God gave us the answers to the questions. And I, and I guess really the answers that we that we that we are seeking for is is really found in our ability to be able to have the conversations about the challenges that we're having and being humble enough to hear it and then let's put into place something right here and now for our community for our families we don't know about the world but at least for our community we can put some, put something in place where we can take care of the men in our spaces. That's why whenever somebody talks to me about, you know, Rome, can you give me the formula for, you know, your your evangelistic formula for reaching secular people or, or for mentoring, there is no formula. And when you look into the Bible, the Bible doesn't give us a specific formula for how to like reach people. And so everyone was able to like do life, like Paul went did life in Corinth and then planted a church in Corinth using people from Corinth to because. The Corinthians knew what they were dealing with. The Corinthians knew what the challenges were, what the demographics were. And so, with the people in Corinth, they were able to come up with a solution. In the same way, when God talked to, you know, in, in, in uh, Revelation chapter two and three, the seven churches, you've got like the seven churches, and Jesus gave the seven churches different counsel for all seven churches, not mm. one counsel for each of them. In the same way, in our own communities, we have our own challenges concerning masculinity. And I mm-hmm. think that the moment we, uh, we have the courage to be able to have that conversation and be empty and open to have that conversation in, on a community level, we will be able mm-hmm. to put some things in place within our own community that would help us to build up stronger men within our own community. Look, if we fail at making men out of people in the world, let's not fail at making men in the people that are living within our own space, within our own influence in our own mm. households in our own churches Amen. start
0: locally so yeah that's fantastic that's so powerful that's well ladies and gentlemen you've heard it here first from the powerlifting pastor himself the the road to a godly masculinity or um, being a man of god is just having the conversation and being willing to listen and being willing to start talking and having that conversation. Pastor, I want to thank you so much for um, coming today. I want to thank you for, for everything that you've shared. I want to thank God for everything he's done in your life, for you to be able to, for the journey you've walked, to be able to be here with us today. Um, Before we depart, do you have any social medias you'd like to plug any, you've talked about your Instagram and Facebook and stuff like that. Where can we follow you?
2: Yeah, sure. I've got a uh, Instagram page, uh, Romulia.com. And also, Facebook page, Loma, Romulia Loma is the, um, uh, is, is the Sahaman of Rome. And so, and also, um, you know, a ministry on Raw Talk. You look up mm-hmm. Raw Talk and also Auburn Adventist Academy Church, you'll find me there. And uh, also, just want to take this opportunity just to thank you guys for the ministry that you guys are involved with. And, <laughs> thank um, you. You know, um, this is a form of conversation right here, just being able to have um, the conversation and to talk about some of the, the difficult topics and the challenging topics in, in, in our society. And this mm-hmm. is,
0: you know, one of the first steps of confronting the chaos that we find ourselves in. So thank you guys for that absolutely well thank you everyone for joining us um thank you you can join us next week on the next week's podcast uh, if you've really enjoyed this one uh you can see everything we talked about in the footnotes below um and we hope to see you guys next week stay salty